asking Americans to trust you with their future. Let me ask you, have you even read the United States Constitution? I will, I will gladly lend you my copy. That was Kazir Khan, the father of a slain American soldier, offering to lend Donald Trump his copy of the United States Constitution at the Democratic National Convention this summer. It was a moment that illustrated the strong and even exceptional patriotism that immigrants in this country feel and take part in. It was a moment all about tearing away the veil of otherness that divides native-born and immigrant communities here in the United States, and it sparked a national back-and-forth between Khan and Trump that was detrimental to the GOP nominee's campaign. I'm Stephen Henderson. This is Detroit Today, and I'm very glad you're with us today. Kazir Khan is in Metro Detroit to receive an award by the Arab American Civil Rights League at the group's fifth annual Fight for Justice Gala in Dearborn tonight, and he joins me now to talk about his son, his son's service, and I really want to hear from him about the, the role that Arab Americans uh, play here in Metro Detroit, in Michigan, in America, and that tension that exists uh, between that community uh, and its struggle to be part of uh, mainstream America and to be recognized and accepted for the things that they are and do here. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. The number is 313-577-1019. If you have questions for Kazir Khan, you can also go to the Facebook page of WDET, uh, leave your comments there, or hashtag us on Twitter at Detroit Today. Kazir Khan, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you. Good morning, Steve, and good morning to W. DET listeners, I am so honored to be here. I am so honored to be in Detroit, in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, it's 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 a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so, tell me uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is your son. Uh, I want to know from you what what was your son like, uh, and talk about his pull to military service? What brought him to do the things that he did? Well, he was, like us, an ordinary American. Nothing special, nothing uh, uh, exceptional, except by observing our attitudes as his parents towards our fellow beings. He was very much caring young man when he went to school, when he went to college, the values that uh, he cherished most were caring for others. As a young man in school, he was to teach, and he, for, for several years, he continued to teach swimming to handicapped children. And I would ask him, how do you practice because you spend so much energy and so much time in teaching handicapped children? And he would say, I am most happy. I am happiest when I am teaching and the children are learning. So it is that soul and that spirit that we were blessed to have 
for 27 years. And talk about how he ends up uh, deciding he wants to serve his country. He was at University of Virginia in undergrad school. He used to meet cadets of the ROTC program there, and he would see that honor, the dignity, the courtesy, the care towards one another, the discipline. And he spoke with us prior to joining, saying that I feel that I am in my element when I am in their company, when I am in their association, in classrooms, outside classrooms. So which parent would deny their children if they feel so attracted to uh, something that is so honorable, that is so good? So that attracted him to the ROTC program, and he went through that program very successfully, and, uh, and then he commissioned in 2000. At the commissioning, and I want to, through my memory, I want to read those three lines that he wrote that hangs. There is a conference room dedicated at uh, University of Virginia's Army ROTC program, and in there is his writing, and he says, I am paraphrasing, so forgive me if I make a mistake. He wrote, he's just being, getting ready to be sworn an officer of United States Army. He says, the soldiers don't care how much you know up until they know how much you care. That was his motto. He writes that when he's just being sworn in. Wow. We are amazed. I, I speak about these things, forgive me a little emotionally, sure. because it reminds us the extent of the patriotism of this country, the extent of realization of the values of this country in, 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 in every, every patriotic American knows what this country is made of. And he had full, sometimes parents teach their children, sometimes circumstances are such that children wind up teaching parents. So we were taught by him what patriotism is, what caring for others is, and that is at the foundation of this country. Yeah. Um, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Kazir Khan. He is the father of United States Army Captain Humayun Khan, uh, who was killed. Uh, and uh, Kazir Khan spoke at the Democratic National Convention this summer. Uh, about his son, about the sacrifice his son made. Uh, I, I'm talking to him about his, his son and that sacrifice. If you want to join the conversation, if you have a question uh, for Mr. Khan, give us a call, 313-577-1019 is the number, or go to the Facebook page, the WDET Facebook page, and leave your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us at Detroit Today, uh, and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Mr. Khan, you're here uh, to receive an award by the American, Arab American Civil Rights League. I'm wondering what you think about this moment in America right now uh, where, uh, A, we have a presidential candidate, a major party presidential candidate uh, talking about dramatically changing the relationship between uh, the United States and Arab Americans, Muslims, uh, in, in particular, uh, and at this moment when you have so much of the population of this country uh, supporting that candidate and thinking about these things 
in that in that way. Uh, the Arab American Civil Rights League obviously wants to honor what you did at the convention uh, as well as what your family has given to this country. But I wonder what you think about the way we are talking about this issue right now in America and uh, what you think, where you think we're headed is, is, uh, you know, I, I am often very fearful about the things that I hear and the things that I see. Uh, I'm not Arab American. I'm not Muslim, but I would imagine that for you that visits very differently uh, on your ears and on your eyes. Well, I don't wish to name names, in my judgment and in my opinion, uh, this election season is not about two candidates. It's about the foundational values of this country. We are going to be voting for the values that lie at the foundation of this country. The forefathers envisioned those values and incorporated those values in the Constitution of the United States, and we see them being practiced throughout the country. And the leadership of the world lies in those values. The Arab American community here, I am so honored. It's not about the award. It's not about the election. It is about espousing those values that make this country great, that makes this country leader of the world. The world looks towards the United States for the leadership. It's once in the history of this earth moment where these values, the values of pluralism, the values of equal dignity, the values of liberty, equal status, is practiced in this community. I have come to witness that. I had been reading, I had been listening to people talk about those values that make this country great. I am so fortunate, I am so honored to be among the community. Yeah where these values are practiced on daily basis. This city is a model city with all of its room to make it better. <laughs> Challenges for the leadership that exist, we acknowledge that and I acknowledge that and they acknowledge that. But still, comparing to the communities, this community is most patriotic, most contributing, most productive community in any city in this country and beyond. People come and take an example of what is so special about this place, how these interfaith activity, multicultural, multi-religion community is living so peacefully together. Of course, we have challenges of any city that has, any population that has those challenges aside, but generally speaking, this is an example to the rest of the world. So I am I'm just so humbled and I'm so honored that I am here firsthand to see what has made this city so great. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like there is a broken trust uh, between the Arab American communities, the Arab American and Muslim communities, and uh, the United States uh, generally right now? Is there, is, there, is there something here that got broken that we're going to have to repair, regardless of the outcome of the election. And as you point out, it's not really about 
uh, these two candidates, it is about this moment uh, and and which direction we head. Do you feel like there is some, I don't like the word healing because I think that that gets overused, but is there something that we broke here that we need to repair? Well, what a wonderful question. It leads me to 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 um, to speak about my mission post-election, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that in a minute. I don't think the trust is broken. I think the patriotism of Arab Americans, patriotism of Muslim Americans has been strengthened. You know, sometimes when you have a challenge, then your instincts, your God-given intellect becomes a little more alert and a little more strong. So the patriotism of Arab Americans, Muslim Americans is as strong as ever and will continue to be stronger in defense of this country, to make this country safe, to make this country great, and continue to lead and show the rest of the world how different ethnicities, different religions, and different uh, uh, group of people live together peacefully and move forward. Uh, I think that's a really important point. Uh, and I want to stop there for a second and go back and, and emphasize that, that, that the reaction in the Arab American community and the Muslim community to this questioning of their patriotism is more patriotism. It is not disaffection. It is not, uh, well, you know, uh, we, we don't like the United States or we don't want to be, it, it is an effort to sort of double down on their Americanism. I think that's a really important point. Just a ex- recent example, I was in New York on Sunday, there was a Muslim unity parade. I was so heartened to see approximately 300 police officers in New York City and first responders, all Muslim, came to greet and took a picture with me. And I cherished that moment in my heart. And I looked at everyone's face, everyone's face, so patriotic, so ready to keep us safe, all Muslims standing there. And it is that reflection, it is that that we need to continue to remind ourselves. The leadership of the city of New York was there. Amazing, amazing response to the challenges of today. Yeah. Yes, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the challenges, post-election challenges are staring in our face. How are we going to make the discourse, political discourse of this model democracy for the rest of the world better to its standard where it had been. Somehow in this election, the political discourse had taken a hit and had not been up to the standard where a leader of the world, its institutions that people envy had been attacked. It is that that we have to repair And my uh, self-given challenge, and I'll continue to speak, and in December we speak in Washington, D.C. to initiate this movement. There are other leaders that already are speaking about, so I am adding my voice to that, and that is civility in the American democratic process. How could we make sure that institutions are not attacked? Institution of election is not attacked institution of press, because press is the fourth institution of democracy, executive, legislature, being 
to judiciary being third. Press in independent press in democracy is the fourth institution. And the attacks that had been placed on these institutions will need some rethinking how our children, our future generations don't have to go through this rehashing that our institutions are not attacked. For example, the world envies our process of election. Yes. I don't mean to say that there is no room to make it better. There is so much room to make it better. But to challenge the legitimacy of that institution is unforgivable and needs their safeguards need to be created and built by major political parties, state level, county level, city level, federal level, so that these institutions are not attacked henceforth. Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is uh, Kazir Khan. He is the father of uh, United States Army Captain Humayun Khan, who was killed. Uh, Kazir Khan spoke at the Democratic National Convention this summer about his son, about the sacrifice his son made. He's in town uh, to receive an award by the Arab American Civil Rights League at the group's fifth annual Fight for Justice Gala in Dearborn tonight. If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019, or go to the Facebook page, the WDET Facebook page, or go to Twitter and uh, hashtag us, at Detroit Today. Let's go to Corey in Detroit. Corey, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey. Good morning, guys. Good morning, yeah. Mr. Cobb. Go ahead, Corey. Um, so I wanted to kind of put the election aside and go back to the same values that Mr. Khan was praising um, Detroit and the Arab American community having. Um, if you had the opportunity to tell the people that have the bigoted ideology, um, the anti-Muslim rhetoric, one thing to start to find the same values that you were praising America having that Islam actually has, where would you recommend them starting? Great question, Corey. Thanks very much uh, for the call. Uh, Mr. Khan, go ahead. Thank you. First, hate is un-American. Hate is not American at all. Pluralism, if you read the history of this country, we are all immigrants. Some of us came 200 years ago, 100 years ago. Some were brought here. Some came voluntarily 10 years ago. We came here 30 years ago, but we are all part of the same process. But we are not immigrants anymore. Once we come here, we pay our taxes, we pay our dues, we take oath to defend the Constitution of United States and the values and laws of United States, and we take oath to keep this country safe and all. Uh, so that is what my imploring to every patriot American is that look at the foundation. I, I ask your listeners to take a moment during this election process, read the Declaration of Independence, what this country went through before this republic came together, the price that forefathers paid to give us this gift of democracy and so that is what I would ask that learn the basic values of this country and you will come out so proud of what we are blessed with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great answer to a great question. Uh, let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome yeah. to Detroit Today. Go ahead. Stephen, uh -huh. you commented on 
Mr. Kahn. First, let me uh, um, thank Mr. Kahn for providing his son to the service of the United States. The, um, you commented on the fact that there's a, an upsurge of patriotism amongst Arab Americans and Muslim Americans. This is not, of course, unique in U.S. history. Right. We think back to the history of blacks in the United States. At every time the country has been in peril, when patriotism of blacks have been questioned, blacks have risen to the occasion. World War One, World War Two, even during the War of 1812, before the Battle of New Orleans, sure. blacks in New Orleans, most of whom had been raised as subjects of Spain or France, offered their services to Andrew Jackson to defend the city. And a number of them died in defense of New Orleans. And, and remember, they were new Americans. We'd only gotten that territory a, a decade or so before the battle. So this, um, and I suspect that this is something that's been repeated amongst other groups of people in the sure. know that it's true amongst Native Americans. We often forget the number of Native Americans badly treated as they were by this country nonetheless gave their lives in defense of this country. Yeah, yeah, Ed, uh, great point, and, and thank you very much uh, for calling and, and making it. Um, uh, Mr. Khan, I'm curious about, about what you see in terms of uh, the, the sort of relationship between uh, Arab and Muslim Americans and African Americans. Uh, that We have so much in common in terms of history, uh, of course, and certainly in America, uh, we face many of the same kinds of uh, issues in terms of discrimination, this, this, this concept of otherness that is now being foist uh, upon uh, African Americans, Muslim Americans, and Arab Americans. Is, there, is, there, is that commonality sort of a source of potential strength, I guess, for both, for both groups? First, I must... Uh, um, must honor my friend Ed that just called. Uh -huh. What a lesson in history of this country. Yeah, we got great calls I, here. <laughs> I, I, I just bow my head. Uh, it is people like that that are the safeguards to the perils that we face today or we have ever faced. People like Ed that keep reminding us where we came from, where we are headed, and also my, 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 my salute to his, uh, his, his reminder. The commonality of our journey unites us, makes us better, makes us understand that at the core of all this struggle is our humanity. And it is that common bond that is stronger than any noise of fear, of bigotry, of division, of building walls, of throwing people out and all. That is not at the foundation of this country. And I assure you, and I assure your audience, believe me, there had been, as uh, your previous scholars so eloquently mentioned, there had been similar challenges in the history to the foundation of this country. And the foundations won the goodness of this country won. 
the goodness of this country united us and will continue to unite us and you will see and you are continuing to see the goodness of this country is coming together has been together facing the perils that we face today and our wonderful wonderful values of this nation this great nation will prevail there is sometime being in united states we forget the role united states and this nation is playing in the leadership of the world there is rest of the humanity outside united states that lives and looks up to united states so we should when we face these perils these challenges we should always add to that god has blessed us our creator has blessed us with this role in the history of mankind today this nation leads the world it's an amazing honor and we need to be cognizant of that our behavior our attitude our actions national local communities counties cities all should remember that rest of the world emulates us they pray to get here they pray to come to this country they pray to learn and uh, and wish to take back from here so that they can make their lives better their communities lives better so we are so grateful that we are blessed with so much good in this country and we want to preserve it we want to make it safer we want to make it better and we want to move forward at any cost yeah uh, let's take one last call here uh, david in royal oak david welcome to detroit today hello hey um Thank you for having Mr. Khan as a guest and Mr. Khan um congratulations on the award you're about to receive. Donald Trump has uh, stopped his ignorant attacks on you and your wife. He has acknowledged the service of your son as I understand it. But has he expressed any kind of regret or said he has changed his mind? about his attacks on you and your wife or has he just dropped it David that's a that's a great question i mean essentially it's about whether mr trump has apologized for the things that he said about you i i suspect i know the answer to the question but uh, but <laughs> go ahead and let you answer it anyway thank you thank you for asking the question david um Uh, no there had been no no communication uh, we have said uh, uh, several weeks ago when this back and forth was going on that we are uh, not for apology uh, and and we have passed that uh, that stage in a sense uh, that uh, we feel that there are this is an example ours is just an example but we Uh, see that there are challenges to the values of america there are challenges to the fundamental the foundation of america and so our conversation has moved on in that direction without naming names of the candidates and all we are for the true values of this country as we understand them and of course these are our opinion and these are our uh understanding of these issues and we continue to express and we continue to tell america that on the day of election do vote this is a historical election this is election 
about the fundamental values Absolutely. of this country. When you go to vote, I urge all of your listeners, Steve, and WDET listeners, pause. Don't just drop your ballot. Pause for a moment. Take a second to think what you're about to do. You're about to stand to defend the values of this country. Cherish that moment. You will feel so proud for the rest of your life. There will be many elections to come, God willing. There had been many elections that you have participated, but in this election, take a moment and say, I stood for America, I stood for American values, and I am dropping my share in defense of those values. And you will, you will, I assure you, you will feel so proud that we are blessed with this wonderfully beautiful country, and we will continue to move forward. Okay. Kazir Khan, father of United States Army Captain uh, Humayun Khan, uh, thank you very much for being here on Detroit today. And congratulations again on your award, uh, Arab American Civil Rights League, uh, giving you their award at the group's fifth annual Fight for Justice Gala in Dearborn tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you to your uh, listeners and wonderful questions. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm just humbled to be able to speak, that again takes me to, that again is the freedom, the First Amendment, able to speak your mind and express your, your opinions. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, uh, up next, we're going to talk to a Metro Detroit director about his new film that explores the Syrian uprising. Uh, that's next on Detroit Today, so stay with us. Mm-hmm.